We get it. We get fine. We get it. You like your job. Stop <laughs> gushing. Shut up. Welcome back to another episode of the Refactored Podcast, where it's our goal to suck a little less every day. Whether we do or not is a different story, but that's our goal. This is episode number 13, recorded March 9th, 2021. I am uh, one co-host, Chris Tonkinson, and with me is Frank Cole. And uh, how are you doing today, Frank? I'm good. I'm good. Um, Been playing with... um Lots of random stuff in the background right now, work-wise. I, I keep getting pulled off into different directions, but, uh, you know, is what it is, I guess. All right. All right. I have, um, I saw something on LinkedIn uh, the other day, and I didn't, I didn't, uh, I couldn't find it, uh, long story short, but <clears throat> there was this thing on LinkedIn that I saw somebody posted, hey, as a, as a leader, your whispers are a shout. And the higher you up, you higher up you are, the louder you are just by nature of your position of authority. Um, mm-hmm. And I read this and I thought, hey, and then the, the example the guy gave was, oh, if you, you know, if if somebody calls your office and then and then you whisper to your secretary that uh, or EA, I guess you, you whisper that, oh, no, I, I don't have time for that right now. What you're doing is you're signaling to your team that it's okay to lie and it's okay to you know brush people off and that other things are more important than your team that needs your attention and um you know and and whether or not you agree with that specific example or or whatever i think the point is true um that even even quiet and subtle things you know people are paying attention um and i i it was funny because i actually got a dose of that last week um that sort of uh sort of checked me i uh, going about my week in the last so my company is very seasonal. Uh, and so we start off the year and everything's just, you know, everything's great. We're planning, we're executing. It's, it's no problem. Um, Q4 is very busy for us. Um, and so Q4 is always hectic. And then Q3 is planning for Q4. Um, and then Q2 is rushing so that we can do our Q3 planning. So that, that's, it's like a triangular wave, the level of, of hectic uh, stress is kind of a triangle wave, like a sawtooth pattern. Uh, you know, starts off low in Q1, kind of goes steadily up until New Year's, and then about the you know about the the tenth or fifteenth of January drops back down to normal. Once we okay, we made it past one one, everything's fine. Um, and the last this past year, twenty one, the 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 sawtooth kind of just kept going up, and so it's just been very uh, very hectic. Um, we got a lot going on. Um, and I felt, and I even I even mentioned a couple of weeks ago, like, man, I'm just feeling like I'm not being effective, and I, I uh, something's not right here. Um, and I think that's that's a big part of it. But so so I get, you know, we always joke, uh, you and I, we always, you know, joke about, oh, somebody does some minor little infraction. All right, well, uh, you know, I'm going to give you a call later today with HR and bring an empty box. No, that's right. Yeah, yeah, joke. sure. Yeah, there's going to be um, an empty box on your porch. Throw all your yeah, stuff yeah. in it. There'll be a call in right. HR. Don't worry about it. It's no big deal. It's just, it's yeah, fine. No it's just paperwork. Just, just, yeah, exactly. Um, which is funny being a remote team, you know, box is my desk, right? Um, and so, uh, I, I get a, I get a message at about 1 PM on Friday from my boss that says, Hey, do you have a few minutes to chat later at about three? Oh, geez. So, oh, gosh. So, <laughs> so a, do you have a few minutes to chat later and then provides an exact time? All right. Honestly, it's the sound you hear in your head when these things go. And, and I say, I say, sure. Is there anything I can prep ahead of time, you know, to, to try and so get the, some context? Yes. Silence. Completely oh, ghosted gosh. me. <laughs> now, now I have been working my tail off for this company for right. a long time. Uh, we, we do a good job. We do, we do a lot with a little. Um, and the feedback that I've gotten over time is, is almost entirely positive, right? There's some mm-hmm. things I can work on like everybody else. There are ways that I can suck less tomorrow, but generally speaking, I think I do a pretty good job. Yeah. I don't, um, I don't co-host lately, no podcast with, with no total. No schlubs. Yeah. I mean, yeah. partial schlubs, but not partial total scrubs, yeah. schlubs. So I thought you were going to go, uh, no scrub. No, 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 okay. no, no, um, no, I'm not going to do We're not going to go there? I'm way okay. too late right. for that. No, no. No, yeah. All right. Um, uh, yeah, 20 years ago, you were way too late for <laughs> yeah, that. yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, that was never, that was never um, this guy. 
So so anyway, that that dun, 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 that was in the back. Yes. I know I do a good job. I know my value to the organization. Mm-hmm. I know, but it doesn't but, matter. Doesn't matter. And I know that the guys, it's some mundane thing, uh-huh. and he just he got he he sent me that message before he went off to do something else, and that's why he didn't answer me. Right? Mm-hmm. I know that empiric in my brain. I know this. There was that little tiny guy you in cannot, the back of my skull. Yes. Oh crap! Oh crap! What did you screw up? You're getting canned. Oh my god! Get your resume. What's going to happen? Oh, how are you going to? Cannot turn. No matter how you much can't. empirical evidence you have at your disposal, you cannot turn that part of your brain off. You can't do it. I don't care what your <laughs> level or how comf- how good you think you you, you can't. <sighs> so two hours later, I get mm-hmm. on the phone. Turns having out, got, hold no. on, hold on. Two hours yeah. later, having gotten. Absolutely nothing constructive done for the last two hours, right? Well, thankfully, thankfully, I had a couple of calls in between, so I, I was forced. Uh, <laughs> you were I was forced, forced to. It was a, a built-in distraction. Sure, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, oh my gosh! And it, so he gets you know, on the phone. He gets on the. You get on so, the phone with him, and so so I get on the call, and and his actually his sole purpose calling me was just was just an attaboy. Hey, uh, you've been doing a great job lately. I really appreciate your effort, your dedication. Um, uh, it was just, it was just to say the, thank you. Basically. The irony. Oh my God. I the was, irony. Uh, it just, <laughs> it's just absolutely ridiculous. It's, but there's still, it goes to show. And, and I, and I even shared with him at that point, I'd like look, the last couple of months, uh, you know, I didn't know if I you were going to be joined by, and I was joking with him at that point. You know, he knows, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and I said, I don't know if I, you were going to be joined by HR on this, you know, Friday afternoon unspecific call. And he laughs. He says, No, 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 no. Um, and I shared over the last couple of months, I felt like I'm you know, spinning my wheels on it. And he said, Yeah, well, um, you know, don't worry about it. You're doing a great job. There's no, you know, at this level, there's no manual. There's there's That's no right. to, there's no booklet on how to do this stuff except and, for this show. Um, Except for this Except show, for right? This, this show. exact conversation, mm-hmm. um, and so it's just fun. And because I had seen that LinkedIn post days prior, I think it was early last week, um, and then <laughs> Friday afternoon. Hey, can you chat and then ghost? I was like, oh man. Mm-hmm. Yep, that happened. It was, a, to- it was a, an object lesson. It has happened to me several times with with this company where they've had those kinds of conversations, and most times they are they are productive. Um, and, uh, I've been, I did that at least once or twice in the other direction. So now what I do, anytime I'm reaching out to somebody where I don't have a descriptor of the, if I, if I'm sending a message in Slack and I say, Hey, I've, can I talk to you for a few minutes about a thing, especially on at the end of a day and especially on Mondays and on Fridays. Mm-hmm. So I actually take into account the calendar and the time of day. If I can't give specifics or I don't want to give specifics without actually speaking to them, because sometimes there's things you don't, you don't even want to broach the subject until yeah. you're actually on the phone yeah. with them, which is, I yep. think, valid. Better to wait. It better to wait. Um, there's you know things about you know not having certain things written down sometimes, things that are particularly yeah. sensitive. You want to have conversations and not have mm-hmm. written uh, uh, paper trails. So... When I'm having well, not those- not even that you don't want a paper trail. It's just how do, how do you how do you put something like that? I mean, we have simple IMs that go back and forth that are misinterpreted on a daily well, basis. That's how exactly- do you put something that's sensitive into text and not send the wrong message half the time? It's tough, right? It's it, it, yes, because anything that you put in writing can ulti- you know in the word you're always unfortunately we're in such a litigious society that you have to always be thinking about worst case scenario that's one thing that i have i have learned a lot about recently is that you know you, you just always have to consider those worst case scenarios even when that is 100 not the case and that's not what's happening you still have to think about what could happen and so if it doesn't have to be written down and there's a possibility that it could be construed you should probably avoid it. But anyway, that's that's totally well, yeah, that's the that's the even worse version. I'm simply saying uh, you're going to write something with one tone and you're never guaranteed it's going to be read with that. Right. Because so especially things like sarcasm and, and, you know, jovial chat. Anyway, chat has no context to it. There's no tone of voice. voice. There is no facial expressions. There's no inflection. There are Mm -hmm. no hand gestures. You have to be very, very careful generally with with what you write in in chat. So uh, but what I do now is you get back to the point here to avoid 
doing exactly what your <laughs> your boss did to you. What I do now is if I can't put any details or I don't want to put specifics in the message to get their attention, I will say something like, hey, can I talk to you for about 15 minutes? It's not about you. You're fine. I, like literally, I will just say that or I'll say it's about one of your team members. Uh, it's 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 not a bad thing. I'll say that sometimes depending on the, the audience and the 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 intent. Just give them something to know yeah. that their ass is not grass. <laughs> See, I have I have a slightly similar uh, same idea, same same uh, goal. I do it a slightly different way. I'll prefix with something. So um, let's say uh, let's say it is about one of their team. You know, it's a it's a uh, an issue two levels down. Let's say it is something bad, but it's not for them. It's not about them. Um, I will prefix the "Hey, can we talk?" So rather than saying "Hey, can we talk?" Oh, it's not about you. It, okay, well, when is it gonna? It, you 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 sort of pre you start a, a mental cycle there. Um, so I'll say, "Oh, hey, I'm I'm thinking about an issue, or or uh, had a conversation with somebody, want to follow up, and and it can just be that had a conversation, want to follow, right?" But but it's okay. You're giving the context before the can we chat, and then I'm not really going to provide any more information on it. Um, so the same same idea, but I'll put the um, I will put pretext um, before the before the the ask. Um, but yeah, and I, and I even told my managers right after this, like the end of the day, I said, hey. If I have ever asked you out of context to meet at the end of the day on a Friday and then ghosted you, I very sincerely apologize. For that. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> My goodness. I've made the mistake once or twice and now I avoid it. Um, it's so funny you're bringing this up because I just had a situation play out very, very similar Excuse me, to this. And I can't go into specifics, but uh, I was in a room. Uh, discussing some stuff <laughs> with people uh, at or above my level. So it was a higher mm -hmm. level, it was a higher level conversation. Um, no, excuse me. I was in the room with some people at or above my level. And then we were having a conversation with some unrelated external entities as well. Some, it was a vendor call, but we had, but we were dealing with some other issues. The, the this higher level person and I were dealing with some other issues and the vendor asked me how my day was going. And I said, ah, you know, it's it's a day. It's busy, you know, and it's it's been the kind of stuff that you just can't talk about. And, and that's that's what I said. So, it's just, you know, yeah. it's one of those days. And that was it. That was the end of the conversation. I find out later that the uh, the other person was worried that I was going to turn around and spill the beans on the things that we had been talking oh. about, which 110% not the case because you know they had visibility into the issue. And so, of course, their head was there. But my reaction to that is the same reaction I would have about any other sensitive issue where... I'm yeah. having a day dealing with some crap and yeah. I would love to, you know, the, the rest of that sentence is I would love to sit here and talk to somebody, talk to you about it because it's just nice to talk about those things and get it off your chest, but I can't, I can't yeah, talk about not, it. Not appropriate. And, and I, mm. and I, and I have no problem. I actually, in the other direction, I really appreciate that kind of forthrightness. Hey, I'm dealing with some crap. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm feeling kind of stormy or I'm a little frustrated right now. I'm dealing with this thing over here and I can't tell you about it. You're just being very upfront that yes, yeah. there's a thing and no, you can't know about it. I, you, you know me, I, I like being very super direct about these things. I don't like leaving any room for dancing around for dancing yeah. around or, or misinterpretation. Yeah. And yet my effort to do that in this case almost backfired because it was more overt than I guess that that person typically, you know, talks. Um, mm -hmm. And so I think it's to, so to your point about how as you go higher up, you know, your whispers get louder. 
The thing mm-hmm. is, it's not just downward because I think most people would naturally look at that and go, you know, oh, yeah, what, what my boss says has a lot of weight and I read into what they say. Well, yes, but so do other people in the organization, even above your station, because yeah. they know the weight that you carry. And so it's a that's a two directional thing. And there's an expectation. So so looking downward then, there's an expectation as you as you gain sort of more authority within an organization, uh there's an expectation that you know how to handle yourself. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. That you're not gonna freak out about things. You're not gonna say things that are gonna get somebody in trouble. You're gonna be a little more thoughtful, a little more uh, tactful with your approach to things. There's sort of Correct. that unspoken understanding. Um and so then, yeah, it, it, I can I can see what you're saying, and I, I completely agree with flipping it on its head. Um, it's just it, it's it gets louder 360, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. And and yeah, and as a, the unique thing in this situation was being in the room with somebody else who was also dealing with that thing and seeing seeing the way that it was handled, and there was a you know there was a mismatch of of expectation there. You know, yeah. this person obviously comes from a world where or, or or has a personal bent of you know I don't say anything about anything and I agree I didn't say anything about anything I was talking about myself and the kind of day I was go I was having but it was it was too close to the line for them mm-hmm. it, then then they would prefer to have themselves and again nothing was said that would give any indication to anybody what was going on at all like the, yeah. the you know the other person wasn't that, even referred you know it was it was so yeah. far removed but the blip Just went off you saying of- i'm having a day raised a red flag right yeah right yeah. And, and i and- see so i think there's something there though i would i would be comfortable and i uh i would be comfortable with a vendor i don't know that i would even go that far with a client unless it was really oh, yeah, like unless i really knew the client well. yes nope everything's great I got a smile. I'm happy to happy to talk to you again. How are you? How's the kids? Uh, what can I help you with? You know, um, oh, to a vendor, and and likewise, if a client led me and said, if a client said, "Oh, I'm having a day," I would then feel okay. Recip, okay, uh, you know what? Me too. So, uh, what what would you like to do? To, right, and so um, there is a little bit of directionality there, client versus oh, vendor. Absolutely. I would agree. But you're saying this is a vendor. There's no issues. This was this was a fully internal for for the for the purposes of this conversation it was fully internal. It was a yeah. it was a fully partnered vendor. It wasn't even a speculative call. This was somebody that we yeah. were working with already. Yeah. It's established. And this is a technique though. This this opening up you mentioned kind of being a little more forthright. Um I have been <laughs> so uh you've known me for a, a little spell. Um I have been over the years uh called a robot a lot more times than I care to admit. And then when Big Bang Theory happened, I have been labeled as Sheldon umpteen times since that show got yeah, popular. Yeah, you kind of look um, like a Sheldon. I don't think I'd, you act like a Sheldon, though. Yeah, I don't know you'd about be surprised. That. I get, I get, I've gotten it. I'll, and it's not just like one person who's harping on it, although there is somebody in particular that, that won't let me alone. Um, but like different people Don't bring in your wife into this. Don't bring your wife into groups. this. <laughs> No, she's she calls me. She doesn't call me Sheldon. She calls me a robot. Um, <laughs> uh, no, but different people in different contexts and different settings from different backgrounds. All you know, I guess I give off that you know, automaton vibe. I don't know. But one thing I've been able to chip away a little bit um, because I'm also I'm very uh, quiet by nature. I'm not super talkative, um, which is good I, in, a, in a leadership position. Yeah, I, I am learning the value of shutting your damned mouth. Yeah, just across the board. You were content for, for a for a million different reasons. For yeah. a million different um, reasons. Yeah. Um, but I uh, so I, this all these I've I've been able to chip away a little bit at that and work on like small talk and stuff mm-hmm. um, by being just more honest when I say hello to somebody. Right. So I'm not. So I'm I'm not the kind of person that's just oh I'm fine thanks you know and and seems because there is an argument to be made that oh hey I'm great how are you. And it's just polite conversation. Yeah, right? you're just because saying your person great. doesn't really care. Your cat could have uh, just died. And, yeah, and, I'm great. Thanks. Right. Yeah, you're still great. Um, but I will not not all the time, but I I will selectively I'll choose to be a little more open and say, man, you know what? 
uh, kids were up all night, I didn't get any sleep, or I'm dealing with something I'm not at liberty to discuss, but it's got me a little distracted or a little hot sure. or a little whatever, yeah. or um, or just, ah, man, I'm just not having one of those days. Um, just open up with people uh, sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems it seems to be a good uh, it, it's work for me to kind of uh, help establish and, and um, form better relationships with people. And um, well, you need to do that, the the especially yeah. because I tend to get right into it. I tend to I, I you know, I, and I've gotten it out of this habit, but I'll, I am somebody I need this. Can you do this? Where are we with that? You know, I jump right into things and I've learned to step and say, hey, how are you today? Right. Just that little thing right. just to put the person first. And it's not that I don't care. I mean, my team will tell you I, I probably, if anything, I I go a little too far. I I I do a little too much because I care a little too much about the individual humans on my team. Um and and I've I have gone too far a little uh, once or twice. Um but I, I tend towards the other direction, which is just boom. What do we need? What are we doing? Where are we? Can I get that? Which is probably um, a good default position. Now, I would love, yeah. I would love to hear more about the the situations where where you feel like you went too far. If you feel like you you want to talk about that, or you can talk about that. But it, I can. It, yeah, you can. Okay, I, yeah. I didn't want to put you on the spot, but I was I was curious. No, um, if there was, uh, I mean, it's it's not really a long story. I mean, I can't get uh, I can't get into too many details, and of that'll, course. that'll make it a pretty quick story. But there was uh, there was somebody on the team, and this was a while back. Um, somebody on the team had an issue um, with administration. Right? It wasn't it wasn't job function. It was administrative stuff. You know, mm-hmm. as uh, HR and payroll and legal and, and all that that kind of uh, meta it's stuff. Back end, not not pertaining yeah, to their yeah, it was to not their day to day work. Right to yeah, their actual yeah, not work related. Yeah. Um, job uh, there, related, there was an issue. not work related. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, and so there was an issue that came up and, and um, I found out about it after there were two or three problems. Right. So it wasn't just once. There were two or three problems. And you found out about a it month or two after, then after I the fact. Out. Okay. Then I found out. And I, and I was like, hey, you know, if, if you'd let me know this was happening, like I, I would have been happy to go and fight for you and, and make sure that it didn't happen. It happens. Okay. We'll all get over it. We'll, we'll try to make you whole. Um, mm-hmm. But we, if I had known earlier, I would have been happy to step in and help make sure it didn't repeat or three-peat on mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Um, and the response from the, the person was, no, I, I appreciate that, but I, you know, thought I could just handle it and it wouldn't be an issue. And and I get where you're coming from there. Um, make a long story short, they were actually in total over the course of three or four months, there were like five or six different issues, all kind of related. Um where it's it just got to the point where um you know em, uh, employee was just pissed and and understandably so mm-hmm. um really pissed and i could tell like this is the kind of issue that unaddressed will lead to somebody opening the resume I, no hesitation this is the kind of thing that goes on for this long this many times the same kind of core issue happens in different lights that's the thing that drives somebody away because mm-hmm. you can't you, you with things going topsy turvy like that that shouldn't never be an issue um and they're it drives, seeing it repeatedly yeah. systemically it right it would indicate to that person that it's an endemic issue and yes. it's not going to change and so is yeah so then the thought process becomes is this workable for me or not if not then, and then leave so then after two or three times i find out about it then i'm trying to help and it's still happening and i'm making it clear I'm doing everything I can to stay on top of this for you to make mm-hmm. sure it's not an issue, to make sure it's not a distraction so we can all get back to what we need to be focused on. And the response was, yes, I know you are. And it's clear there's nothing either of us can do to fix this. <sighs> Ouch. Right. So. Um, so wait, how is anyway, it? Yeah, I don't see the I don't see the you going too far. I don't see. Actually, I'm, I'm hard pressed to as much as I love telling you that you're wrong that I'm and wrong. that you no, failed. So it, it, I'm actually yeah, not so it, seeing the failure on your part in this case. So at one point it became clear, like, you know, I've, I've done everything I can. We've, we've got the situation communicated, um, you know, up and sideways and it, like everybody's aware that there are problems. We need to fix these. It needs to not happen again. Um, and you know, this, this team member saw that and, and that's fine. Um, at that point, 
I kind of had a sidebar like, all right, you know, how do we, how do we move forward with this? Um, and the response is, well, you know, it just, it just sucks and I'm pissed. <laughs> I get that. I, what, what is there any, there's nothing you can do. Um, and there was some indication that like, uh, how do I f- phrase this? Um, there was some indication that, um, Basically, it's kind of out of your hands, and I don't want to talk about it anymore. Mm. Mm-hmm. 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 That sounds like a good employee that's starting to shut down, mm-hmm. and this is not trending in the way that you know that I like to see. Uh, okay, um, look, we we disagree on on one little piece of this issue, but you're right to be upset. I don't think it's something that we should just stop talking about. Mm-hmm. No, we're going to disagree on this thing, point blank. The rest of it uh, will be solved over the coming weeks. And so that's all there is to say, was the response. Okay, uh, look, I, I respect it too much to push you. And so we'll let it go. And then uh, a week later, I don't know if something else happened or I ju- was just thinking about it. And I went back and I said, look, I know you didn't want to talk about this anymore. But it's been eating away at me because I care about you and I want to make sure that everything's okay. And I want to make sure if it's not, we know exactly why and how and where we can move forward and try to reclarify and try to bridge the gap. And and at that point, the I forget the exact response, but at that point, it was clear that I kept, you know, they they had been they had accepted what happened and were willing to move forward and literally did just want to leave it. Leave it go. Let it go. And I kept pushing you were because I knew up. there were still unresolved something there. Mm. Um, and then it became clear, like, <laughs> shut up. You, you know, um, <laughs> uh, you, you, you know, it's, it's, you're, right. you're beating the dead right. horse. You're dragging it. Now it's, now it's, it's been, it's been drug on farther than it needed to without any, without helping the situation any, anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like, okay, lesson, you know, lesson, lesson learned. I, I stepped back and, and it's fine. Everything's, you know, um, a person's still on the team, just doing a bang up job. Um, and, uh, so, so it, it worked out. I'm still, I still have a really horrible taste about it. Uh, taste in my mouth about it, obviously. Um, but your hands are tied. I mean, it's, it's out, it's, it's outside your control. Well, it caused, it caused, it caused meta frustration for me. Like well, I have this sure. issue. It's a big it's a, as a as a as a as a manager of an employee that what happened was a big deal. It really mm-hmm. was, and I am powerless to do anything about it. So mm-hmm. if I can't if I can't impact the things that matter most and make people whole when mistakes are made of this kind, then what am I doing here? Well, <laughs> if this is a core cultural issue with the organization, and if there's something that I just I can't make a dent in then what's my value, right? And it started like a whole cycle of, you know, now I, I didn't spiral or anything like that, but, um, you know, it raised, it raised questions. Right. There are, I mean, the, in, to me, actually having dealt with a similar situation to that in, in, the, in, the, in recent history, in the last couple of years, I'll say, um, uh, and I'm not going to recap it because it sounds very similar to yours without having to, without being able to get into any details. Um, I think there's a, a need to understand where the dividing line is on the things that you have control over and the things that you don't, the things that you can change and the things that you can't, and yeah. you know where the where the levers for those other things live. So again, lacking any context, my, my first thought is, you know, make bringing your concern over to the HR team and just, you know, walking through the situation with them and seeing what, what they think about it. Um, well, yeah, know, if it's somebody and, on and your was- team, then there's, then you obviously have some jurisdiction there to understand what's going on and why it was handled the way that it was handled. And that could be your inroad for making changes. But a lot of that HR stuff is driven by HR for good reason. It protects the company. It protects you. <clears throat> it protects the employee, you know, having that, that, that body there as much as nobody likes dealing with HR, you know. There is good reason for it to exist. Yeah. And we've got we've got some good HR people. And in fact, when I found out about it, uh, HR was HR found out about it. 
<clears throat> so this was an issue with with some other department. Um, and uh, so we found out about it at the same time. HR was involved. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was just the whole thing. The whole thing sucked and it was it was needless. It, this is unnecessary drama and trauma for the for the person. Well, and for I mean, me. I mean, so um, much how so much of what we do in, in this vein is because humans are fallible creatures. And all yeah. you can do is recognize when you when you've you know made a mistake and, and move on from there. That's yeah, that's it. Um, and I and I did at the at, at that point where I made the realization, I was like, hey, man. Uh, you know where I'm coming from. I see where you're coming from. I've pushed it too far. I apologize. Unless you bring it up again, it's it's ancient history, and I just walked away from it. Right. Um. And, you know, it happens. <clears throat> but yeah. yeah, I mean, this is my this is my point continuously. I'm I'm a human, so I'm flawed, and this is an organization which are just a bunch of humans glued together under a logo. Mm-hmm. It's flawed, and you know, uh, and I think I've even said on on the show before. The trick is just finding an organization whose uh, brand of dysfunction matches your own or is compatible <laughs> with your own, you know? Yes. Because you there's know, no perfect. There's no grass is green. You know, it's. No. And your your chances for friction are actually really high because everyone in the room is there for not interpersonal reasons necessarily you, know, you talk about yeah. hiring for culture and things like that. And sure, that that's absolutely part of the mix. But you're there to do a job. They need you to do that job. So you're all pulled together for for very practical, actually impersonal reasons, fundamentally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you try and make the personal lineup as much as possible, but it's just it's it's not gonna happen. There yeah. is a uh I'll I'll see if I can find it for the show notes. There there is uh I'm not going to be able to quote any of it because I can't remember the context at all. Business fail. leader. Yeah, total fail. But I mean, it's on the spot. <laughs> um, a major noteworthy business leader, I think it was in the tech sector, talking about how he, pretty sure I remember it was a guy, uh, mentioning that they hire, for learning from their past mistakes, they now hire uh for like-mindedness where mm-hmm. i know that the you know the hot topic today is you know diversity of of thought and things like that and what they found was that you know you can get plenty of diversive thinking in in practical problem solving terms just by simply having two different people in the room because no two people I are made the joke think the other the week exact thing. you get two people in a room you have three opinions and then it becomes four and then it's five it's right six. and it just keeps right exactly and yeah. and that has absolutely nothing to do with what we typically think about when it comes to diversifying your your staff and so they found that if that if the team had that coalescing um they they focused on the culture and if they had that coalescing cultural element then the team worked together better, faster, more efficiently yeah. with less bumps in the road. I, I will have to find I, I can't opine any further because I don't have the detail in front of me. But that's yeah. that was the 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 gist of it. And of course, that's very counter to what a lot of, of businesses do today. But in a way, it makes sense. It well, makes and sense. I and and um I can actually I have an insight there that I, I recently came to. Um and it's you could argue that it's you could argue that it's just playing with language, but I I think it's something different than that. I have said for a long time um, I hire for culture, not skill. Right, right. So there's a sliding, there's a boolean. There are two tests during the recruitment process. Are you going to be a good cultural fit? And that's pass fail. Uh, and I shouldn't say pass fail because fail denotes negativity. That's not my intent here. It's either you are a good culture fit or you're not. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the skills assessment is a sliding scale. So are you close enough to where we need you to be, where I can train you the rest of the way and get to, and get back to business? Um, I've recently started, I've taken a step back from using the word culture there, um, for two specific reasons. Number one, I think there's a difference in culture and attitude. And that's I think attitude, yes, that's a good point. attitude is the controllable attribute of the employee, of the team member, of the mm-hmm. human, 
that then when you have multiple humans with the right attitude, the culture becomes an emergent property of the group. So you're not hiring for culture, you're hiring for attitude. Mm -hmm. Then you have a healthy culture as a result. And again, you and I have spoken in the past. Yeah. Culture is not a ping pong table and beer on Friday. That's bull crap. That's no, that's smoke and mirrors, right? That's not what company culture is. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, and so I've kind of adjusted my language because, and the other side of that is kind of trying to be a little more sensitive and saying, well, when I say culture, I know what I mean by that. I mean that we are humble. I mean that we have integrity. I mean that we demonstrate respect. I mean that we practice empathy, right? Those are the things that culture means to me, that we have an open collaborative collegiate and fun atmosphere at work. Somebody else may not interpret the word culture that way. And so during the sourcing recruitment process, we don't talk about culture, but let's talk about culture. I've tried to separate the two. So I now have, um, uh, there's like an attitude assessment and then there's a skill assessment. Mm-hmm. Those are the two things that I focus on because, again, the culture that I, is more emergent in my mind. The attitude is the thing that you do have control over. You have it or you don't, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So that's that's one of my recent kind of mental shifts on that. Yeah. We actually, in our hiring process, we actually try not to talk about um, – try not to use the word culture fit for that very reason, just the yeah. – the, it's fraught. It, it's fraught it really is just fraught. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think attitude is a is a is a better way of of putting it. And as soon as you start digging into it, you you get past the culture and you actually get into those kinds of attitudes. And maybe even better than attitudes would be attributes. You know, there's certain attributes that you're that you're looking to to hire for. Uh, we, for example, in describing our culture, you know, we're an expert level consulting agency, and so we don't hire juniors or greenhorns and we actually want people who have uh who have seen the other side and know yeah i i i i know what i i know what works and i know more importantly i know what doesn't work yeah and so our ideal candidates actually come in the door with uh a certain mindset that we can recognize um because the, uh, because of that that shared experience mm-hmm. and that's the thing that we that we glom onto and it shows itself in pretty pretty consistent ways for example the there is a distinct it's one of the things i love about working here there is a distinct lack of. We uh, get it. We get fine. We get it. You like your job. Stop <laughs> gushing. Shut up. There's a distinct lack of ego on the team, and everyone is empowered and comfortable enough to raise their hand when they run into a roadblock and say, "Hey, can somebody help me with X? I don't know anything about X, and I need to to learn it very quickly." And you will in turn get half the company. Turn around and say, "Yeah, I'll help you out here. Let me let me show you." And that is, I think you and I have both seen this. Decidedly, cool. not the case in a lot of places because there's this there's an expectation yeah. that you know everything, and uh-huh. it's perceived as weakness. And this team, again, having been around the block, they know what they don't know. They have enough knowledge to know that it's impossible to know everything, but they know what they've learned, and so. There's there is a self awareness there, to yeah. so it's like, I, okay. I know I'm not going to know everything, but I know some stuff already, and I know it pretty dang well. And I'm more than happy to help others if they need it. And then in turn, if I don't know something, I just raise my hand and say, "Hey, I don't know this," and that's okay. Yeah. And, and I so, think we've even talked before about the the temptation in a knowledge work field against saying I don't know. Because yes. if it's a knowledge work field, I get paid for what I know. Me saying I don't know is not a good look. It's like, well, that's a very kind of protective, guarded, paranoid. Like that's not if, right. If you're thinking those thoughts, you got to reevaluate something because this is not working for you. you know, Which is also why technical skill is a secondary concern when, uh, I mean, I think this is the case for both of us. Technical skill is a secondary concern when you're hiring. What's more important is your ability to learn because you're, yeah. there, you're going to run into things that you don't know. And that's okay. You just have to learn them so that you mm-hmm. do know them and you can move on and get the work done and move to the next, to the next thing. 
But inherent in learning is the acknowledgement, I don't know this, so I'm going to go learn it. Well, and that's what that's what bugs the crap out of me working at a couple open positions at the moment. Um, and, you know, I've hired enough over the years with partners, that is to say staffing agencies, uh, recruiters. And mm-hmm. um, a lot of them are not awesome to work with. Um, mm-hmm. I've actually found a few over the years that I really like. It's not, you know, I don't want to have the all recruiters are evil or, or you know, whatever. Um discussion, but I've got some partners that even the ones that I really work well with and and produce good results for us. Okay, you've got a new uh a new position open. It's really hard to do one step removed, do the selection and filtering one step removed. Okay, great. What are you looking for? Well, I want somebody who's humble, who's thirsty for for uh learning. I want somebody who's uh you know empathetic. I want okay, great, but what technology? Right. Yes. Okay, yeah. There's yeah. some stuff we do, mm-hmm. but I can give you a menu of things. If they don't have three of them, I don't care because if they're good enough on their attitude is right, then I may say, look, your hard skills aren't there. So the the pay may adjust or the description made. We may put you in somewhere else. We may have a training path. We may do a bunch of other things for you. Your attitude is where we need it to be. I want you on the team mm-hmm. and we'll provide the skill training. Mm-hmm. Um Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I get it. I totally get it. Um, so is this a .NET position? Yes. <laughs> this is you talking right. to the recruiter. This is you talking talk, to the recruiter. Yeah, exactly. Right, right, right. Exactly. And I, I mean, I appreciate their, I appreciate the, the, you know, their side of it, of course. Um, it's just difficult. I, I'm not, I'm not suggesting I have an answer here. I'm just complaining uh, because that's my personal brand of cranky optimism. Uh, I that's mean, what I, I bring to the show. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll, I have, yeah, I mean, good for you working with a recruiter. You're like, everyone that I've worked with has sucked. I, because, most have. Because yeah. of, because of that, I think in part. Um, and, but the ones, the ones that don't, the ones that I've actually got a good relationship with and, and go back to and we work together and actually enjoy it, they, they feel, okay, so the, the recruiters that suck, they feel like a vendor and they're constantly hounding you for sales. And their motive is their numbers, their quarterlies, right? That's what it feels like. A good recruiter should feel like a partner, mm-hmm. right? Who understands your business, mm-hmm. understands what you need and what you're looking for, and actively tries to select for your criteria um, and do that in a thoughtful and meaningful way. That's mm-hmm. to me the the recruiters that are bad. They they just feel like they just feel like a a, a, a vendor who's out yeah, for staff a hog. few bucks. They feel know? like and staff that, hog. Yeah, it's, uh, it's like, hey, you've got a slot to fill. It's a square. It's a square hole. Let me find you a square peg to fit. And in I've there. and I've been uh, I've been watching from the sidelines, uh, public at least recruiters, um, Twitter and LinkedIn and elsewhere. Um, I've been sort of plugging into the HR world a little bit more lately, um, and watching at least the uh, public personas of of some of these both corporate and, and agency recruiters, um, kind of discuss their craft and their attitudes back and forth. And that's an interesting uh, uh, forum to Mm -hmm. to observe, uh, listening to how they think about things and how they talk about things and kind of putting it into a little more perspective. Like, no, you know what? There are actually a lot more good recruiters out there than I'm aware of. Like, (laughs) maybe I need to call the list. I think that's, I, I think, I mean, that's the case with almost, with almost anything. I mean, we run into that routinely where, um, we are, we are stymied by the um, preconceived notions that some of our potential clients might have had with other vendors in the past, you know, and they think that it's something that it's not, or they think that it's a a lower level of work than it actually is. Um, and part of that I owe to the fact that DevOps is just a totally saturated, overloaded term at this point. Um but you, you've got to, there are always diamonds in the rough. It's just a matter of finding them. That's the, yeah. that's the big challenge. So uh, ex- exchange got popped. Exchange got this? popped. No, oh, yeah. it happened. It was a, a, a bevy of CVEs against exchange were made public last week, I think Wednesday. Um, open exploitation is rampant. Um, Microsoft had a bunch of patches, um, basically from pre-auth it's it uh, uh, initially started uh uh with OWA the Outlook web access their okay. web portal yep. for exchange um Shocker. there was some i don't know if it was nexus s csrf whatever the whatever the issue was but led from pre-authenticated uh wan led to privesk and rce and and penetration into even uh client side 
uh, with some of the scripting vulnerabilities. Um, very, very big deal. So if you, uh, if you're, if you're, uh, running exchange, make sure that you're, and I'm sure every, it's, it's all the security industry you've been talking about for the last week. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm, I'm sure your folks are, are already well on top. Of We're it, a but, Google uh, shop. So no, that's probably why I didn't hear about it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, good for you. So yeah, that was a, it was a pretty big deal. That was, uh, um, was it on the, was it on the hosted side or was it on the, uh, on the self-hosted side? Was it SaaS side or was it? There uh, seems to be some indication that outlook.com, uh, was, was hit with it as well as, uh, corporate, you know, corporate uh, government. Okay, yeah, so mostly uh, a lot of I mean mostly a lot of organizations got compromised. Mostly the self-hosted stuff, which I mean yeah. Microsoft Outlook. Exchange, although one although expect. one uh one of the folks on my team raised the issue, "Oh hey, yeah, last Tuesday evening I got a 2FA push request to my phone for my Outlook account and I wasn't signing in." And I went, "Oh, so and that's outlook.com, so mm-hmm. um I know the the public uh, thing is uh, host, you know, um, self ho- you know, self deployed exchange in corporate environments, um, government, defense, whatever, healthcare. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least that a timing would be too suspicious for his password, and he uses a password manager, so it's not like uh, right. you know, it's you know, Kitty six seven eight or anything. But um, <laughs> it would be an awful coincidence that Tuesday he gets and unsolicited MFA request on his device. And then Wednesday, it comes out that all of the exchanges got got uh, popped. Um, a little too coincidental for, for my liking. Oh, so. yeah. I mean, of course. I mean, any yeah. it would make total sense for even somebody unrelated to the original attack to piggyback on it and say, huh, I wonder if I could hit Outlook.com with this since I've got this list of username and passwords. That well, I- no, they weren't published. They weren't published until Wednesday. And he said this request came Tuesday. Oh, um, so oh, apparently okay. it was it was in open exploitation for a couple of days, at least, it seems like before it was made public. Um, and I forget which group um, I forget which group published it. But um, so I don't, I don't have all the details, but yeah, uh, hmm. but you're 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 at your Google, so you don't have to worry about it. But yep, I don't, I don't care about I don't care about any of that crap, <laughs> <laughs> at least. Well, I say I say that very tongue in cheek because if you know, if we were dealing with this on our client side, we would, of course, care quite a bit. Yeah about it very much so. um yeah. i'm just a degree removed from day-to-day security so my hearing about it is not my not hearing about it is not altogether surprising um mm-hmm. i bet if i go to one of my security wonks he or she will yeah. have heard all about it by now i have uh i know i know we're we're about time here we start a little late i have uh i have an augment this week i have a oh pick. nice we haven't done, haven't one done in this a while. in a long time it's been a couple weeks um, so uh i still have I, the sounder here it warms warms back up uh, in the northeast. Uh, I'm thinking about getting back out and cycling again, and so I was uh-huh. looking for uh, head units for the bike. Um, head units, GPS, mean- like GPS, uh, you know, um, devices for the for the bike. So record your trips and all that. Uh, kind of stuff. Oh, okay, um, okay. And uh, I looked around. Not uh, I could have done more research, but kind of looked pretty thoroughly. And honestly, I wound up uh, I wound up just getting an old Apple Watch. Uh, again, um, mm-hmm. because the um, the price point was a big piece of it, um, and then overall functionality, just not a lot. I mean, it's kind of like when the smartphones ate the the Garmin's of the world uh, for for vehicle nav. Um, it seems like the smartwatches, and I'm sure the Android watches is all all the same features and everything. Yeah, um, makes having a dedicated head unit on the on the bike kind of. Um, Kind of seem a little kind of well. I was actually um, going to say, if you why have, not your why not your phone? I mean, you can. They even have mounts now for phones that you could. Do. Yeah, so so the phone you could you could absolutely just use the phone, mount the phone, or or um, what you get with the head units or the or the smartwatch. Uh, what you get is uh, tracking of heart rate and and that kind of bio stuff mm-hmm. um, without putting like a chest strap on or anything. Um, yeah. So, if, you, if you don't have um, the chest strapped on, though, I question the the accuracy. Of those things, like I had a watch. Wa- is it? It's pretty good. Okay, so it's yeah. gotten better. I had a watch that yeah. was never accurate. I was either dying because my heart rate was too high, or dead because the heart rate was too low. Was that was that some stupid, cheap, cruddy, low life Android related smartwatch? No, this was perhaps. No, this was a. This was actually for my for my uh, trail running. It was a. Mm-hmm. It was a dedicated watch device that had GPS in it, and it had a. You know, on the underside, just like the just like the so Apple was that like Watch a Garmin does. or something? It was a, it was a Garmin, I think. 
Yeah, I think it was yeah. Garmin. My wife's got one of those. She likes it. She likes it pretty well. Although she doesn't use it for, um, and it does. It does have some false. But no, the the Apple Watch, the the biometrics in the Apple Watch, mm-hmm. actually pretty good. Um, yeah. So that'll be that'll be my pick this week. Okay. Cool. So mm-hmm. Apple smartwatch for for working out specifically. Yeah. Because I actually I had one. Um, I had one for years. Um, I wore one as a as a daily driver, mm-hmm. and uh, I I stopped wearing. Yeah, I thought they were. I, I thought that I always thought they were overrated. Uh, the the recent the recent advertising that they've done has been focused entirely on fitness, which I think is probably where those things will ultimately. Yeah, except land. for swimming. So my wife's a swimmer. She did not find it uh, very good for that purpose at all. Well, because um, there were a lot of other watches that that were better uh, for, oh. for swimming. She's she's triathlete, and I said, "Oh, hey, great! Running, biking, this is great. I'm sure it's awesome for swimming too." Um, and and said, it wasn't. Nope, not made. No. Not made for the swimming. So. Okay, Apple Watch mm-hmm. for uh, exercise, at least at bikes, yeah. but not swimming. Super augmented, silent, and deadly. I just might end up enjoying this. All right, let's wrap this. Anyway, to your point, yeah, I had one for a couple of years. Uh, didn't mm-hmm. like it just to wear. Uh, I don't need to be more connected than having a smartphone. Uh, but for yeah. workouts, yeah, I, I got one again. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't like wearing any of that. I, I use a heart rate monitor at the gym right now. But I mean, when I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm actually running, I, I, I don't want to see my phone or any of that stuff. Yeah. I just kind of want to yeah. disconnect. Agreed. So, anyway, mm-hmm. all right. This has been another great episode of Refactor. Thank you so much, Chris, for the uh, the stories. Um, if you want to find out more about us and get more show episodes, show notes, you can head over to refactored.work. If you want to tell us we're wrong about everything, I would encourage it. Feedback at refactored.work. If you want to hear about whatever Chris has to say on his own time, that's over at tonkinson.com. If you want to hear what I have to say on my own time, it's www.hotcoals.com. I do need to get that redirect fixed. Mm-hmm. Having that www prefix sucks. So it's annoying. It is annoying. So, um, but for the time being, add that www. And uh, I guess that's it. You'll we'll uh, we'll see y'all next week. Thanks yeah. again, Chris. Well, thanks, Frank. See you.